In this episode, I chat to my new friend Mandy Kingsbury about her epic journey from the desert of Dubai, arguably maybe more high rises than sand now, to New Zealand. Mandy has had a fabulous 25-year stint working in fashion as both a designer and stylist for, among others, the Dubai royal family. We chat about everything from celebrating Kiwi bus etiquette, grieving and letting go, and adapting to the flow and rhythm of a very different country to the one we've been living in. As always, the goal of this podcast is to normalize and humanize the challenges that come with repatriation, while also acknowledging and celebrating the gifts. I hope it makes you feel at home wherever you are in your transition. So grab a coffee, tea, or something stronger, and join us. It's time to welcome my fabulous guest and returnee, Mandy Kingsbury. Mandy, yeah, thank you so much for being here and for generously sharing your epic journey home on this podcast. Thank you. Mm. Now, I'm playing with a bit of a new format to dive into these guest interviews come conversations. And Brené Brown is my inspo. Um, so Brené starts by asking her guests um, a lovely expansive question, which is, tell us your story. And I thought I'd do a variation of that, which is, Mandy, tell us about your epic journey from New Zealand to the United Arab, Arab Emirates and back again. Absolutely. Wow. It is epic, actually, because it's 25 years ago. So uh, thinking about 25 years ago is quite a job to go back. Mm. But what I can share is that I started this journey by going through design school, entering the world of wearable arts, winning the Supreme Award in the world of wearable arts, having my work seen in the Middle East mm. and asked to come over and uh, work with them. So 25 years ago, I had to get a passport, I had to get on a plane and join this team that were designing for the royal families in Dubai. I didn't know where Dubai was, there was no Google, so I had to go to the public library in Wellington, find an image, and for me, visually, that's where I was flying off to. Mm. And it was uh, the World Trade Center, which was the tallest building in the Middle East. And my visual reference was a tall white tower overlooking a roundabout surrounded by sand. Mm. And really, that, that was a, a kind of a, a, just a token where I was going. And of course, there was the murmur and, and a small acknowledgement that I would be designing for princesses and palaces and shakers and all Where of that. budgets are not, not a, a consideration. No consideration. <laughs> Riches beyond your wildest imagination. Of course, I was a designer, one of many, and uh, was lucky enough to have part of that experience of mm. designing for the families. Yeah, and, and from, from Dubai... What about the uh, the journey homewards? Yeah. Well, that, in so many ways, was 
almost as exciting as deciding to go to Dubai, a place of absolute unknown riches and finds mm. uh, in many ways. I really, I, I felt in my heart that it was time for me to go, return home. I'd done my best work. I felt uh, th that I'd stretched as far as I could. And it was my time to actually look home and, and sign up to mum and dad and my sisters and, and this new life um, pattern of being slightly more responsible as a family member because I had been away for 25 years and lot, missed a lot of moments in the family. So that was, was playing on my heart and I just thought, yeah, my time is to go. When COVID hit, it was like, do you repurpose yourself, try to use that word pivot? And I thought, well, I'll have to do that in New Zealand anyway. Why don't I just go? So I did that and I booked a ticket uh, on a whim very quickly, believing that that ticket would be actual. Uh, that ticket was cancelled. The second ticket was cancelled and the third was delayed. Wow. So it took five months from the time that I actually chose to go home and uh, got got on my way. It, it takes, at least for me, it, it took a long time to come to the decision and I mm. can't imagine waiting and waiting and waiting, being so ready mm. and having that delay. It was difficult. I'm the sort of person that I am quite an introvert, so I hadn't told many people that I had chosen to come home because I thought it would just destroy me to actually say goodbyes. I would rather act for, you know, ask for forgiveness later than actually go through the goodbyes in person. And um, knowing that these days were coming up and then two days before I would be cancelled and I'd have to start this whole pattern of kind of make-believe and and trying and also oh, yeah. buying more clothes because everything was in my container and it was like every month there was a different weather patterns so I'd need to kind of refine myself in that mix and uh, it was just very very interesting time of course more time to love Dubai because I never fell out of love with Dubai and that for me was an absolute blessing and also my friends so uh, the friends that knew that I had uh, chosen to go home, there was mm. more special time with those guys. Of course. And just filling the gaps, because obviously I wasn't pitching for any jobs, because I wouldn't be able to do it, not knowing whether I'd actually be on the next flight or not. So there was a lot of strange waiting time. Mm, in between worlds. Um, I can only imagine <laughs> the kind of incredible places and people and fashion that you must have... Uh, experience in those 25 years um yeah mind-boggling I've mentioned a few times in earlier podcasts that the experience of repatriation and reverse culture shock is a really individual one and depends on lots of different things like the duration spent away and difference of the host country to the home country personality traits for example you're talking about introversion so what was it like for you Mandy being back in New Zealand again? Actually, I was touched. I was really surprised at how the quarantine experience truly touched me. I 
felt like a superstar having my food turn up at the door and you know going out for a wander and a chit chat and it was awesome um just just finding everybody just bending over backwards to make sure that your stay was amazing mm. um then at the end of quarantine another standout moment for me five buses buses came into quarantine hotel five buses left so when i boarded my bus to go back to where my flight arrived in auckland um the bus pulled out of the quarantine hotel and there was a elderly lady on a bench and she was fiercely waving 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 to every bus go past and i that really really touched me too it was just so sweet and i thought who are these people <laughs> this is wonderful really really wonderful mm. so you felt quite welcome as soon as you sort of stepped definitely, off the plane definitely till today mm. you know i hope it doesn't change i uh, i'm i'm loving it i'm really enjoying being home mm. and i guess as you you talk about some of those lovely things and the the lovely kind of experiences i was wondering if perhaps you share some of the more challenging things about adjusting home and I mean those may be things about adjusting to a new life not necessarily adjusting to New Zealand. Absolutely Um, I think there are so many details it's it's it catches you all the time because you just don't know where you're going to fall into the hole and then you're in the hole and you're thinking that was unexpected and um, surprising. And you get out of the hole and you think, well, silly me. Why did that happen? What a plonker. You know, everybody else in New Zealand knows that it works that way. What's going on with you? You know, it's so, so simple things that um, have completely been erased by the time that you've been away. Can you, can you give us an example? Oh my goodness, what would be a good one? Have we talked about anything? <laughs> I'm trying to think of, yeah, oh, we have actually about the like public holidays, right? What public holidays are things going down oh, to the Easter. supermarket? And... Yeah, Easter and then Anzac Day, both totally weirded me out. I had to Google what you do on Easter. That's wrong, isn't it? Because I am Christian, not practicing, obviously. <laughs> But it, that was quite strange because mm. obviously Googling when does that Easter egg arrive and um, that didn't really give me a lot of answers. But this whole weekend that kept going, like Anzac Day, and then I couldn't work out why on the Saturday the supermarket was closed because mm. everybody was saying Anzac Day doesn't really, you know, it's not such a big deal. A lot of shops are open and everything. So why is the supermarket closed? It's all those quirks, isn't yeah. it? And I'm wondering, one thing I experienced was the the sheer admin of things. It's like, wow, there's just so much admin to get your life back online again. Terribly. People don't see that. They don't. I think people think that you've just returned home from holiday and there's no admin to sort out your life and to settle back in or finish off jobs and into a former career. Mm. That doesn't exist. So... Sitting and doing phone calls to Dubai 
3 a.m. in the morning doesn't exist for these guys. They think, oh, you're in New Zealand, you're back. You know, you must have had a great time and um, your life is, is forwarding. You know, you're, you're on top gear to go into the next pattern. Whereas this, this admin is, is massive, mm. absolutely massive. And settling in here, getting a bank account, getting the, the, the right bits and pieces, yeah. making sure everything is checked off, for sure. I found it was not just the admin either. It was, well, especially when it came to wrapping up admin in Sri Lanka, I felt like there was still like mourning and sadness and the closing up of things is quite was quite emotive yeah definitely yeah I think Dubai for me I did feel that uh, I I was torn because I had invested in Dubai and I was one of the early expats that had helped to to really be a part of something that was growing in the fashion environment and uh, of course you know those early pioneers of fashion like my former employers they had already left I was probably one of the you know the later generation of designers that were still existing but there was a definitely there was a huge element of uh, of loss and mm. feeling feeling like there there was that morning that I had to go through and I, I I believe there's you know in the first few months back it is it's like death in many ways and people don't see that you are mourning what you've given up on and whether it's giving up on is probably not a fair way to say it, mm. but I think that's how I felt, that I'd actually given so much energy and it didn't fit me anymore. And it was for other people now and for their time to have those amazing experiences that I had, but it wasn't for me to continue. And um, so I guess that was a sense of loss, yeah. for sure. And that echoes what? I remind myself and others around even if it's a choice even if we're doing it because we want to that doesn't mean that we're not allowed to feel pain yeah yeah pain and sadness and confusion and yeah we're still we're still allowed to mm. I think human. I think I think the first week I got here there was talk of this UAE life passport kind of thing so that kind of hit press and of course getting to New Zealand, people are saying, oh my goodness, you know, 25 years and you came home and now they're giving these lifetime visas. And I'm like, don't, you know, don't, don't start. <laughs> because you have to be some kind of huge business, um, what's the word? Mm, tycoon or, yeah. To be able to be entitled one of those. It's not like uh, Mandy on the street is going to get... <laughs> an everlasting visa to Dubai yeah as you say that it makes me think sometimes I wish I had a a little sign that I could just hold up and say not no more like just suggestions recommendations updates on what's happening in and Sri Lanka and another one too many questions I think that's something with friends too. Everybody's coming from a really good place. They want to try and guide you into being home. And what's your plan? What's your progress? Where are you going? Um, but we're yeah. not really... I didn't feel... Or I still don't feel till today that uh, I'm, I'm in a case of need of big survival coaching, really. You know, it's like some friends, they really, really feel that uh, you need to have a big dig out of sorts and um, 
with the peel that we've, you know, I guess it comes also back to, I made the decision to come home. I knew that it would be challenging. I wanted those challenges because mm. I've always loved scaring myself. And um, that's, I think, when the power of knowing yourself really well is putting yourself into those really tough, challenging situations and see yeah. how it spins around and come, you come back out of it. So it wasn't a, a, a toy. It wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm in trouble. Mm. No, I chose to come home. And that takes me back to that and part where it's like it is the process of returning home is challenging and a bit confusing and disorientating and it's rich and juicy and exciting and fabulous and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else exactly choosing that and Mm. so so important that's where the curiosity comes out and I think that's the part that is so evocative it's like what's next what's this new beginning going to look like? Mm. And uh, I think probably my advice to anyone would be, yeah, just try and centre yourself and just keep, I think Verity definitely, that curiosity, it came through to me on one of your earlier podcasts. Keep keep that open mind, keep that curiosity, really powerful stuff. Yeah, uh, you, you used the example the other day about giving yourself permission to make mistakes like oh I wonder I got in the wrong bus or I wonder where that bus goes and even let me try this ice cream it might be shit it might be great let me try this new friendship I'm huge on the do everything twice day it's like I go oh my god I made a mistake again and then I go I don't mind it's a do everything twice day and then I try and market it and you know like we're all marketing moguls really (laughs) (laughs) I'm still plagiarize your word now but it is it's like you know if how you reframe it how can you actually make the spin on it Mm. to your psyche kind of make it softer because you need to be kind to yourself you have to be kind and everybody's kind of very much in this um understanding again trying to work it out what's actually going on and the buses, the buses, the buses. So Saturday is a whole different <laughs> schedule. And I've done weeks and weeks of, you know, buses. And I love the buses. And then on a Saturday, every Saturday, I get the bus scheduling wrong. Because I forget that actually it is the, you know, first day of the weekend, not Friday. And uh, I, get the, I get the schedule wrong. But saying that about the buses, one of mm. the most charming things is going back to the depot and listening to everyone lead the bus and say thank you to the bus driver. It's like a centipede going out the door. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And thank is you. that not something you would you would experience in Dubai? No way, no way. You, I think bus drivers would hardly get a thank you. And they're, they're really wanting to connect with the driver. It's like, it's, it's, I think it's just this beautiful piece of kiwi. It's, mm. it's like that little trait that they... They're really wanting to express that gratitude. Yeah, that that comment, or even I guess my curiosity, <laughs> comparing to Dubai, uh, like a memory popped up for me of the couple of times I did catch a bus in Dubai, and it was not very pleasant. It was very sweaty, um, <laughs> very unclear. I don't recall it being particularly on time. I don't have any good memories about it. I'm surprised anyway. you might have been able to get a bus. Yeah, well, (laughs) I was lucky. But it makes me um, 
think about a tendency I've noticed myself and others around making one place wrong and one place right. Almost like our brains can't quite hold them at the same time. And I battled a bit with that because I felt quite ungrateful at times. I felt a bit of shame. Like I was unfairly pitching New Zealand versus Sri Lanka. But I kind of came to the conclusion that there was nothing wrong with it. Like it was quite human as long as I was holding it lightly and with curiosity and and humour. Um, yeah, so I'm wondering, have you, do you find yourself comparing often? Oh, definitely, because it is that whole culture shock as well. Um, as much as we're both very well travelled and we've come into different circumstances and had to get up and just run with it, there is that, that knowledge that, you know, we we don't tend to sort of get too spiky about things that happen as much. But for sure, there, there are definite differences to, I think, the society. Um, possibly the society that I'm used to in Dubai is very fashion-orientated. Mm-hmm. And the dialogue I would be having with my colleagues would be about fashion. Whereas the Kiwis like to really kind of get in and pick and kind of skin you to see what's going on. And that's a wee bit, that's a wee bit confronting. Um, whether it's the whole play that I don't have a, a complete plan, I just decided with COVID I'm coming home. And that was a really on the fly kind of just this is what I'm going to do now. And I'll work it out as I get to it. Mm. Um, I think that's that's a little bit challenging for my friends and family that uh, there's no real big strategic plan. Maybe that the way I used to work was a little bit more orientated around, you know, goal setting and driving. Whereas now I'm just trying to be calm and just work through this whole mm. new development, loving this new development and being very selfish about loving it and loving myself through it because I've got my space, my time to just to work it out. And that's my favorite place is actually just to be, be a bit nutty in my head and love it and feel that that's just who I am. And uh, it's just, it's just the time and Mm. it's good. I think loving, I think the repatriation process can be a lot easier if you love your own company. Mm. I don't think I could have got, I say got through it, but I don't think I would have got through my adjustment period with as much grace if I hadn't had lots of reflection time. I really need it. (laughs) And I really enjoy my own company, which is great when you're reestablishing friendships and you don't necessarily have all the friendships on hand as well. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's great. Have take myself for a coffee date. <laughs> exactly. I think about that all the time going, mm, well, I think I deserve. And uh, yes, I will. And that's, that's pretty nice, isn't it? And I think that's, that for me, I, that, that's a huge takeaway is just be a little kind. Mm. And if it is spoiling yourself with a coffee, why not? Why not? You've got enough to cope with. With all the, I think the big one that uh, shocked me was totally, totally shocked me was this decision fatigue. Yeah. Totally unexpected. 
and uh, I was doing things and I was doing things twice and then I was having to call people saying I'm really sorry I um, changed my mind on that and then having to backtrack and you know back forwards back forwards back forwards but I think it was also because I didn't understand the landscape well enough and I was making big decisions early in my old way that mm. I would just burn into something and then because the landscape was altering and I was getting used to different things, it would work out to be something that was just totally inappropriate. And I'd go, oh, damn, I don't want to be doing that. Yeah. And then have to restart. And, uh, yeah. That's a, that's a really good share and lesson around using... I kind of use... I don't know if it's like this for you, but it was almost like I was using Sri Lanka operating system in New Zealand... And I was like, no, you can't use that operating system here. So you were kind of going on Dubai mm. time mm. and speed and ambition and grab. And being and effective and mm. being just, you know, interactive and just, yeah, go, go, go. Um, and I'm totally winding up and crawling up walls going, why is it taking so long? You know, it doesn't have to be that hard. Well, this. This the share you've just um, yeah offered brings me to an analogy you shared around the the smorgasbord. So mm-hmm. thought maybe if you share a little bit of that and and how that relates to to overwhelm and well, to possibilities, it is, isn't it? It's like um, um, also having that excitement and people are excited that you're back and offering so much, you end up having a whole smorgasbord of options and the follow-up with all of these options let alone not wanting to upset people by not moving forward on options Mm. that have been put forward with the best grace and love um, that became very very overwhelming quite quickly Um, because it came from people really thinking I know somebody who knows somebody that might be able to help. So then you have to get this together and this together and you have to meet them and all of this. And they have given big effort on their behalf to put it forward. But it wasn't really something that would have really been an option to begin with. Um, So they'd gone about things that were quite, yeah, in a kind of, it was challenging with with trying to get all the pieces um, and how how did you extract yourself from that space of being a bit your plate being over overflowing with things you didn't necessarily want to eat? <laughs> yeah, well, I think there's still a load of things that I'm not keen on eating that I'm still working through chewing. Um, <laughs> I should do. There, are, but that's learning, isn't it? And um, maybe I was giving out flavors of being very keen. So there's that side of it too. Maybe there was that survival factor that may have been coming through that they smelt and thought, oh, 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 you should yeah. be doing this. Um, but it is, I think it's just, yeah, knowing yourself pretty well um, and standing and, and, yeah, really, really driving down and grounding yourself and really just just using that knowledge of who you are and what where you really, if not now, just knowledge of who you are mm. as to what's next. Yeah, that, that example you just gave of sort of maybe what you're putting off, it makes me think of the the re-entry worm or the kind of the yeah, the graph sort of shows that you get, you, you start with this excitement of like, yeah, I'm home, woo 
everything's possible and the dip follows that and then after that it's woo and I think perhaps myself reflecting as well when I first got home I think I did do that whoa I'm home Mm. and so excited possibilities and put Mm. out all the and then I was left with all the feelers and I was like I wanted to I know very tough because you are you're fully charged and it's all going out there and it's like wow of course the people are responding and and yes 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 no okay Mm. yeah it's not yeah it's that 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 high when you arrive I think yeah for me just it's great hearing your experience because reflecting on my own and thinking yeah it was a bit like that for me as well Good to know, good to know. <laughs> you are not because, alone. Thank you, because I did feel sort of a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a plonker. I was telling people that I want to be a roofer. I think that was, that was, that was mid-overwhelm, uh, because I think that there was so much attention to what's next, Mandy. And I thought, well, if I could kind of fabricate, fabricate a pretty unlikely scenario and run with it, it might just kind of put them in the corner for a while. And I can have time to sort myself out before the big questions come up again. So I was telling people I really want to be a roofer. And I do like ladders. And I like roofs. And I liked New Zealand in the summer. <laughs> and then it changed. All great, all great reasons. And now it's winter. Who wants to... You know, maybe, 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 maybe it's exciting on the roof in winter. But it's just cold. Well, winter makes me want to ask you something since you are in the fashion industry, uh, something I really struggled with coming from tropical South Sri Lanka was how the hell does a girl, like, I was like, what do you wear in winter? How is, what is, what is fashion in winter? Well, I think we we were pretty similar. I think I've only really gotten through that probably in the last three weeks because the summer wardrobe the wind was obviously not going to work and uh, that really didn't come back to New Zealand with me but the Dubai winter wardrobe did and the Dubai winter wardrobe I couldn't even wear in the summer in New Zealand because it's still too cold and I've had to educate myself about merino and wool and you know being a textile graduate this is a bit lame but I've never been so cold in all my life and um, I've learned that I do watch the news every evening for the weather report because it has a rating on how many layers you should be wearing for I the next... I didn't know that! This is phenomenal. So, you know, if you don't have a weather app, you, you need to watch the news just to see how many layers you should be. Does the, That's such a good tip for returning Kiwis. Do, does yeah. the app have how many layers? I might have to check that out. Yeah, it's, it's worth checking. So it's the weather app and... It's, um, you know, it's all of those sorts of things. And it's just like even being comfortable when you're, you know, resting in bed. It's like you put the the wool underneath the electric blanket and, and all of these wool on top. I did down and everything. I am like Princess and the Bee. <laughs> Can't get enough wool layers. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm still, I'm still learning. My my strategy at the moment when it comes to um, fashion would be a bit of a stretch, but dressing for New Zealand weather is basically buying second hand 
and being very experimental. Mm. And I think, well, if I'm going to spend five dollars of that and I never wear it, that's exactly. fine. No, that's, that's yeah, a very sustainable way of yeah. thinking too. But uh, definitely New Zealand brands like Icebreaker, that's a great one. I've got a great puffer jacket with goose feather. Oh, yeah. Super, super warm. Very lovely. Um, yeah, so many, so many brands here. Learning, still learning. Yeah. Nice. Well, you have to, have to educate me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, also, I'm also on that learning track. And um, talking about, I guess I was just saying about mistakes, Stakes and, and and wrong decisions when it comes to what I was wearing or buying. You shared a perspective with me um, earlier around like giving yourself permission to make mistakes, and it made me realise that in New Zealand, being in a culture which I get, like I feel like there's some there's a, a familiarity. Um, I, I kind of feel like it makes me feel safer in breaking the rules, whether intentionally or not. Um, and I wonder if that's like a function of being older or just having, like I feel like I've had my fill of a particular brand of out of my comfort zone. Like I don't want to live in a country anymore where you have, Constantly we're bri- figuring it yeah, out. Yeah, where bribes are normal or yeah. where the rules change at a moment's notice. And mm. I'm kind of, yeah, I, I feel quite, I guess you could say psychologically safe here. I feel like I've got more room to move because mm. the kind of, yeah, the culture or I guess just the political landscape and yeah. everything feels quite I safe. think for me, I was slightly the opposite because I always loved Dubai for the sense, my sense, this is how I would kind of try and visualize it for the listener is like, you know, kind of going along very unstable stably on one jet ski and kind of doing your best to stay upright and to be behind the jet boat and to just be trying to stay afloat upright and yeah cranking it forward um here not so much but i do get your sense of security 100 percent. it's like you feel that something isn't going to come out of the blue and just mm, just take you. take all your money and just you know you don't don't have that security anymore, which was was a sense of drama definitely with you know getting invoices paid and all of that mm. sort of thing. You never quite knew when they wanted to pay you, even if you've been pretty good at the the work. They they still withheld their payments, um, but here I think. I think there does seem to be, maybe I'm sort of leaning back into that feeling of being in a bit of a gap time, a bit of a gap year for me, just working myself out, being grateful I'm here and um, still able to just enjoy the place, enjoy my creative spirit and Mm. um, just giving myself some time to work out what's next. Yeah, and that's probably a really good lead into um a question around your your definition of of well-being and i kind of had a go at this question myself because i was like well how do i explain what well-being is for me and my work in progress is it's understanding listening and then acting on my needs like it's when and it's also i know when i'm not in well-being when i'm at war with myself 
Is that because you don't have the 360 vision of where you're going? Is that when you start to war yourself? Yeah, I think when I, when I don't, when I deny myself my right of being myself, of needing what I need, yeah. and this, this links back to my last episode around the high sensitivity where, um, you know, just knowing that I have a certain tolerance. trait. Yeah. yeah, and a tolerance yeah. for um, stimulation and <laughs> exposure to th- to things. And I think I- that's what's exciting for me is knowing about that high sensitivity is because I know it's kind of like when the watermark is at your eyeballs and you just know that you're about to pop if you just get any more pressure mm. or stress. Um, for me, that's that's definitely something. And, and being that that person that loves the calm, the yeah. silence, being on my own and just managing those sort of just periods of time that I have that external interaction with people and give my best but know that that is, has closure mm. and then I come back to being who I am with myself and that's that calm mm. and uh, that's where that overwhelm doesn't happen so it's, it's also about you know just having the boundaries as to knowing how to to share your time your energy mm. and um, to know how much you can take on without being depleted yeah and, and that that makes massive. me that makes me think back to your smorgasbord thing too where analogy where by adding a bit at a time or trying something a bit at a time you're not overwhelming your system you're going oh let me try a bit of that and what's that like and I'll try that on its own and then I'll mix it with that yeah as opposed to and I've liked this in the past I wonder how this one is Mm. in this context with this plating Mm. so I think yeah most definitely that's a really beautiful way of putting it is it's like uh, just that testing and for me, I, I definitely know I'm just testing out the fashion environment. I'm just testing out how far I want it to go, how much I can take on, because I'm still on the way of going through the paperwork, getting through, getting through the stability. Slightly phone calls to Dubai are starting to dissipate. It's not the 3 a.m.s as much, but that is exhausting. People don't see that you've been up quite late just dealing with banks in Dubai or so on and so forth. Yeah. Money money stuff, banks and invoices are always kind of stressful. <laughs> we're anyway. Good. We're good, aren't we? <laughs> um, so if kind of expanding on that, that definition of, of well-being, what has supported you in your well-being during your transition? Definitely family. Family support has been monstrous. Um nothing better I I also knew in my heart what I was coming back to Mm -hmm. and I've revered being in this very calm environment with myself I've been that sort of person in the past when I was at design school and high school just loved my own space so I knew I was coming back to that so that that's something that I really I do a hold tightly and uh, can't get enough of. Mm. So that's where my calm is. It's just being around myself. And I, I guess too, you know, it takes me a while to make up my mind on things. And that's a, 
there's a hamster going around trying to work out things. So I let him just do as we spins and he'll work himself out, you know, if I give him time. <laughs> yeah, if I didn't have that reflection time, I, yeah, things need to kind of percolate a wee bit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And since we're wrapping up the, our time together, I was going to ask you, well, I'm going to ask you three quick questions with the challenge to use as few words as possible when answering them are you up Ooh, yeah are you up for it? it cool so what would you ask friends and family at home if you had permission to be super direct about your needs would it be okay to have chickens really good question (laughs) mine would be um i don't have a plan stop asking (laughs) what's the plan what's the plan so what's the plan yeah i don't have a plan the plan i think you said this the other day the plan is to have no plan yeah exactly yeah repatriation is in three words authenticity Security, new beginnings. Mm. Nice. And your top shiny, sparkly piece of advice for those repatriating. Take your time. Mm. And it's, it's just don't rush. Don't rush. Um, I think take your time if you really look into that that self honor as well don't don't be forced into making decisions that aren't something that you want mm. to move forward on. Just take your time about everything that's that's out there, yeah, and enjoy everything that's around. You know, fantasize, or maybe it's Auckland I need to go to, or maybe maybe Invercargill. You know, take your time and and bash it around and think. Well, maybe it's just crazy, but work it out, work it through. Is it right? Is it wrong? There is time to do that. Mm. Yeah, time is on our side. Yeah, and that hearing you say that makes me think of this idea of not letting people should on you <laughs> you know leave your take your shoulds and take them some you know take them somewhere else please yeah <laughs> thank you mandy thank you verity yeah thank you for sharing your story with us and and for helping normalize and humanize this wild and wonderful and often misunderstood experience of returning home it's a good journey yeah to be continued <laughs>